Last time on The Incorrigible Party. With invisibility cast and their disguises donned, the party, Dreg, and Thunder McScruggins successfully infiltrate Erica's tent, only to have to contend with her pet gator and a living crystal minotaur tar tar. Utilizing Tenchi's orb of silence and getting lucky with its function, their opposition is cut down, leaving only Danzig's barrel to be dealt with. Seeing that his brother has been transformed beyond recognition, Shaft ends Danzig's life, once more utilizing Falzerin's body bag of holding. Parting ways with Thunder, they are left to find their own way out of Erica's tent, out of the enemy encampment. Oh, what was that you wanted? More adventure? You got it. You hear this rageful scream originating from somewhere in the encampment, and a deep, like, bleeding of uh, the, the catablepus creatures that you witness get off the ship. It sounds fairly muffled and a little for- further north of where you are in Erica's tent, but possibly a little closer than you might like. And Mia, your eye in a jar, it starts to swirl around in it. And it seems to be kind of darting back and forth, zipping all over the inside of its container, bouncing off of either side, uh, almost as if it's like looking for something until it finally settles on one side of it, looking towards what would be the eastern side uh, wall of the tent. And does the scream sound like it was originating from Heracleon or closer than that? Oh, it sounds much closer than that. Yeah, you could surmise that it sounds like Erica. That's what I was going to ask. I think it's time we get out of here. Yes, let's let's go. Now. What's the plan? You, you guys, my eyeball, look at it. Hide it. Put it in your bag. Um. Okay, I, th- I think it's trying to should, tell us something. Should we try and sneak out of here? Like, invisible? Sneaky? Can we? Drag? Y- yes, I... I can make us all invisible. Should we run into any other trouble, it certainly will deplete more of my resources. Shaft, cast your spell first, and let's get out of here now. That's a good plan. I cast Path of the Trace. Now, but before we leave the tent, what's the plan? Where are we going? Back to the mountains. Let's get the hell out of here. Okay, let's regroup at the mountains. And Dreg will upcast Invisibility to get all five of you to be invisible, he needs to spend a fifth level spell slot. Crap. Of which he has one more left. So as you step out of the tent into the storm, you see that the cultist's activity has started to increase after this scream. Now you see uh, people have once again started rolling barrels from the, the large collection of them, taking them north towards the city of Heracleon. To your left, which would be east, you actually see Sardo in his new form. Seems to be hurriedly hurriedly approaching in your direction from about 250 feet away. Like, uh, Like the lot of you, his blonde hair is matted to his forehead from the storm. Droplets of water kind of roll off of his treated leather armor that he wears. And behind him, you see Chucky. General Charles seems to be 
hopping along, struggling to keep up. Uh, he's fully clad in that same dark kind of pink red coral armor that you've seen you saw him before when the forces first landed. Uh, they're they're again they're fairly far away, but uh, still much closer than when you first saw them that that night. And you you kind of make out some more details on Chucky's armor now as well. It appears to be uh, something akin to like a full plate, uh, quite similar to his Arcanist armor. You know, the boots, the gauntlets, uh, chest plate, and a helm. And uh, on his breastplate, etched into it, seems to be this coiling tentacle, like this kind of symbol. And at his waist, uh, on each hip, he has a coiled black whip. But now that the five of you are out of this tent, um, you know, in th this group of invisible creatures in the torrential downpour, you can see the fat droplets of rain bouncing off of each other, bouncing off of nothing, as if, you know, off of the air uh, is what it would look like from an outside observer, like forming these very faint silhouettes as the beads of water droplets running down your invisible bodies, like think of it like as if you had a big pane of glass out in a rainstorm. The visibility is clearly exacerbated though by the lot of you like standing in this kind of cluster, right? It's obviously it's making some of these silhouetted uh, forms from the rain standing out a little bit more. So you might be able to spread out as you're moving and reduce some of the effects of the storm versus the effects of the invisibility. Yeah, I think we can see each other and, and be able to see that. So we're going to start. I'm just going to take off uh, full full sprint, you know, and uh, head back towards the way we came. And I assume the rest of you are going to do something similar. I will make sure everybody else goes first and everybody's going and then I will bring up the rear. Yeah, Falsey will flank out a little bit to the left uh, to try and make a bit of space, but also take off in the direction Shaft is going. I want to check my eyeball again. Can I look at it? Well, it is technically also invisible. Yeah. Oh. It's pouring down rain and we're running in the mud. Okay. I just go. Let's get to safety. But you certainly do notice that the eyeball was pointing in the same direction that Sardo is approaching you from. Oh. So as you are dispersing here, sounds like you're kind of going full tilt and not much in the way of trying to be stealthy. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, we have Pass Without a Trace, so we're, it actually will be used more like it should be used, where they won't be able to track us if they actually do. Very true. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to be, you know, cognizant of whatever, where everybody is around me so I don't go outside of that, that range, but... That'll be a little difficult, obviously, um, because if you were as pronounced uh, to be yeah, able to do that, too. then it would be as if invisibility wasn't being cast on you, right? So you do have a little more cover than that with the invisibility, even in, in the rain, as like the storm itself reduces general visibility within it, right? Mm -hmm. So once you get, you know, 30 or 40 feet outside of each other, it's kind of, it's you almost like that silhouette kind of blends into the rest of the rainfall. So you're not like immediately noticeable by, you know, so again, cultists are kind of all, no, nowhere really near the entrance to Erica's tent. Uh, so as you are out and starting your dispersal, there's still plenty of area around you in which you won't have to run into physically anybody. But of course, 
between you and the mountains, there is a cluster of activities down by the barrels. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to try to avoid any clusters of people, uh, you know, and and try to uh, maybe sort of skirt along the side of the mountain and, and try to get away from as many uh, people as possible as fast as we can. Okay, uh, so would you like to just get to basically the first cover of mountain you can reach, which would be, again, the, this strip that borders the road to Heracleon would be like this eastern cluster of mountainous terrain. Is that? Yeah, yep. I think that's that's sort of what we said, you know, as get to the mountains. So Absolutely. I think we take the, the head to the hills. Path. Okay, could you each roll me a stealth check, please, with disadvantage, which which the invisibility would give you advantage, so therefore you roll normally, but those in heavy armor that have disadvantage will still have disadvantage. And you still get a plus 10 with uh, Pass Without Trace. Uh, yeah, so everyone still gets the plus 10 bonus from Pass Without a Trace. 25. Uh, and 19 for Falsy. Yeah, I rolled a 13 and a 14, so I'm 23. I have a 23 also. Oh, 25, sorry, I have a plus two. You all do successfully as you are kind of Maintaining, like, this formation, you know, this 30-foot circuit, like, I imagine, like, shaft right in the middle and the four of you, uh, the three of you and drag, almost orbiting (laughs) shaft's uh, influence of this spell. And you do make it to the base of the mountains. You know, sidestep the odd cultist as uh, everyone you pass appears to be very clearly occupied and don't give any notice to your passing forms and the effects of the storm. Uh, versus the invisibility. And as you hit the, the base of the mountains, kind of turning back now that you've reached this relative safety, you you can see towards Erica's tent, she's made it back to the opening of it, um, kind of in time to meet Sardo and Chucky. And Erica looks a little different, though. Now you see where her her missing left arm is, was... Does your missing arm (laughs) persist? (laughs) Yes. Instead of the missing limb on her left, uh, on her left side, is this massive crystalline arm. It seems to be originating out of this harness that you've witnessed, you've seen her wearing. That's you know goes across her chest and loops over both of her shoulders, and its structure and composition looks exactly looks identical to the crystal minotaur that you just vanquished in her tent and of course bears resemblance to the crystalline uh, like little fuel cells you found in the rising three and that dark blue nearly black liquid seems to like course through this arm as if it was like blood through veins of a, of a, of a living limb and you see them qu- they kind of quickly uh, converse with each other and Saro just points towards the mountains, towards your direction, and the three of them duck into her tent. And as you can continue into the mountains, I assume, or you you want to maybe stay and watch, or... Mia, I think you must get rid of that eye. Why? Because you think he's... He wa- he's watching? Yes, I believe he is connected to it. Something is going on here. How, how did Sardos know to point in our direction? It could be any of the crap we stole from in there. That's true. But the eye was looking in his direction while we were inside the tent. Shall we take really a look was. at what the eye is doing now? Are we? We're still invisible. Can't see it. 
that's true. Is there some place you can just stick the eye there and cover it up, and then we can we can move away from here and look back? If they come up to get it, then we know that's the. Can we use it ticket. as a trap? Oh, and kill General Sardo? Well, Erica, the rest of them will fall in line after we kill her. I don't know if she'll follow him, but I, okay. No, but I mean, if they know where it's at, we can go set up an ambush somehow. Okay. If that's really what's bringing him, bringing him to us. I like that okay, idea. Okay, so where do we put this thing? Well, let's head back, uh, let's get the hell away from all these cultists. Okay, and like, Mia pulls the eyeball out of her pocket and like, holds it cautiously in front of her. Even though you can't see it, she's just like, ah, like touching it like it's nuclear. Perhaps we could find somewhere that that would be a bit of a clearing where we might be able to have some cover and we could observe and get the jump on someone if, if they what come do you mean to retrieve this eye. Cover in a clearing? That is. Ah! You hear another angered scream. This one clearly originating from Erica's tent. As she, General Charles, and General Sardo all exit her tent once more. Sardo continuing to point towards the mountains in your direction. Drop the iron. Let's get the hell out of here. I drop it. Let's go. I follow Shaft. I, I say we run about a hundred yards up this way. Look back. Get a good view and see if they stop where the eye is. Oh, further than a hundred yards. Let's go. I think we we find a place to hide. All invisibly hold each other's hands and take <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, so you kind of want to find a vantage point that is a, a general distance away from where you've dropped this. Where we have the higher ground. Yeah, yes, exactly. please. Yeah, you can absolutely find that and get to this vantage point. As you were traveling, you kind of lose sight of the encampment, going through some of these, uh, you know, in between some of these, the rise and fall of this terrain. And you are able to crest this maybe uh, 100-ish foot tall peak and um, find kind of this ledge you can you can set on and have this nice, almost, almost bird's eye view of the encampment. What you see further past Erica's tent is you make out like where they've moved the herd of the cattle bleepest and it looks like Erica, Chucky, and Sardo are all mounting one of these creatures along with four additional hooded figures and the seven of them begin to ride southward down the road that connects Port Heraklion to the city itself. So we're all still invisible and still pouring down rain. Let's Hey, let's, uh, let's let's find some cover here and see what they do. See if they go past us or see if they stop. Because I assume the eye is going to become in, become visible once we get so far away from it, right? Now, Dreg, you had mentioned that these vines, you remember coming across something about them in one of the books that we have. Per- perhaps we could take this time to read about them and see if we can learn anything. Yes, perhaps if we can find some sort of shelter uh, away from the rain. Yeah, let's see let's see what happens. Let's see where they go first. And I'm just going to I'm just going to find a large rock and sort of duck in behind it just in case anything happens where I would become visible. I will keep watch. You you back up and find some place to hide. I feel like with Erica approaching in front of us, I'd rather watch than read this book right now. Well, the vines are important, but I mean we have enough eyes for some of us to watch, and 
at least one of us to read. I think we need to know anything that we can about what we're up against. Knowledge Dragon Falzerin could look in the book. The rest of us will keep watch. Okay, that makes more sense. I would need to dispel the invisibility to do so. Oh, concentration. Okay, um, here, give me the, give me the robe, Falzerin. I'll hold it while you read. Well, as you are contemplating opening this book and figuring out how to get the logistics of it to actually work, where you can read it and remain undetected. Uh, Shaft and Shakara keeping a watchful eye on the approaching troop. You see them moving down the road, and they're, you know, they're moving. It's obviously not like the pace that they would be riding, like, on horseback, and they don't seem to be necessarily spurring these beasts uh, and, and urging them to... to it doesn't look like they're in a hurry is what I'm trying to fumble over, <laughs> right? So they're mm-hmm. making this pace and obviously moving much faster than they would on foot, but still not moving at like, you know, 80 feet around kind of thing, right? To put it into mechanics. But you see them come down to the base of the road, past the large barrels that were stored where there are still cultists grabbing them and moving them up north. And they... Uh, turn kind of off the road at the base of the mountains around where the the five of you had entered and and moved up and they now are forced to move a little slower on their mounts but still progressing and it doesn't look like they are stopping anywhere they are continuing in what looks like towards your direction do they do they pass where the eye was left they've passed around the vicinity they didn't take the exact route to where you have right, but they didn't seem to even pause anywhere along their 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 route here. Well, they're not tracking the eye. Falzern, can you make me an arcana check, please? 18. So you've dealt with Sardo before, and you've seen what he's become, and you've had a little bit of knowledge that in the moment you were able to recall, but with a little further reflection and seeing some of how this this you know this past like 30 to 40 minutes have started to play out uh, since you left the tent you do recall that being a revenant he has this ability to to always know the direction of the creature or, or entity that it has sworn vengeance against and especially with the way that you and Shaft both witnessed him and were still able to see his true form when you first encountered him on that night when they all landed in Heraklion. You can surmise that, yeah, it's it's not this eye in a jar. It's... He's tracking his prey. Exactly. Yes. This is bad. They are not tracking the eye. We must no. move. This is... Sardo, because of the type of creature that he is, a revenant... He, I believe, can track Shaft and myself. Oh, <sighs> wonderful. Yes. I wanted that eyeball, dang it. Would Shakara know what a revenant is? Uh, you can roll an arcana check, too. Might as well myself. Sixteen. Two. <laughs> uh, so Mia's, you <laughs> Which certainly... Which means critical fail. <laughs> you've certainly heard, like, the word revenant. Um, I mean, you're familiar with... Like what? Uh, it Leo is. DiCaprio. Mean, both of you, oh. yes, exactly. You fought bears before and nearly been killed. Both that of was you, the most epic <laughs> Mia and Shakara, both 
know what our revenant is. Shakara does have more uh, knowledge of its abilities kind of thing than Mia does, right? Uh, so yes, both of you are familiar with the the uh, instance of a creature being wronged, whether that's in their eyes or in some other type of maybe higher power's eyes, but through this force of will coming back with unfinished business, basically. That will be a story for another time. Right now, we must figure out how we are going to get away. I do not believe any of us are in any shape to fight. We're not going to be able to outrun these things. What we need to do is somehow get Falzern and I back under the dome. They can't touch us there. That's true, but what about these vines? The vines are going to take apart the dome soon enough. Yeah, well, we'll have to worry about them once we survive. Shaft, I I have to say I, I agree with you. As much as we're so close to these vines and perhaps being able to do something about them, I, we're in no shape. Uh, I think we're best served, uh, or Heracleon is best served by us staying alive, being able to use our knowledge to help, even if that means we abandon trying to demolish these vines right now. Anybody got a way to teleport Falzer and I back into the under the dome? We're gonna split up. Well, they won't. They can't track you. Or, I mean, not easily. But they know where we are. Sure, but surely Shikara and I, and, and even Dreg, like we can't take these these guys on ourselves. Well, I think what he's suggesting is that you won't need to worry about fighting them once Shaft and I are are away from you, because it's it's us that they're tracking. I don't even think they know who you are. Likely they do. Drag, would you be able to teleport again? I'm afraid I, I, ca- I cannot. It is a mute point, then. Yes, the only way to get back in to the city is through the caves. You could go back to the docks. We're not going to be able to outrun those things. I mean, we're either going to have to fight, or we're going to find a way to what about Grimby? make it so they can't track us. Should we have Grimby? What if he could show up at the docks and pick you up? Sure, how do we do that? I mean, I could use a spell of sending. Whatever we are going to do must be done quickly. Shakara and Shaft, you momentarily lose sight of this troop, this cavalry approaching in, in amidst the mountain. You, you can tell that they will be upon you in minutes. I, I say we keep moving as we talk. Yeah. And uh, I sort of head back down, sort of uh, trying to find different uh, a best a best path through the mountains. I, I have uh, some advantage there with the mountains, and hopefully uh, we can gain some ground. We can go through without any disadvantage on uh, speed. So, um, yeah, it's one of my uh, favorite terrains or whatever. So, we just keep on heading uh, back down towards the docks as we talk. There's, so remind me, this this does this is Erica, Sardos, and Chucky. Is there anybody else? There are four other mounted figures that join them. Mm-hmm. Four others, okay. The other four beings, do they look like doppelgangers by any chance? They are hooded figures. You cannot tell. Can't tell. Yeah. So they're probably doppelgangers. <laughs> well, not mm-hmm. now. And conveniently, there's four of us. So. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. We yes. was looking blushed. 
Mia, can you contact Grimby and see where he is? I can. I think it's worth a try. We don't have a lot of options right now. It may be our best shot. What should I say? Well, we need to find out where he is and and if he's if he's Ask close if he can to Port Heraklion and he can pick us up. We're being um, pursued. So we want him to meet us at the port? That's probably our closest exit, right? When we were at the port recently, we saw that there was a lot of shipwrecks and, and oh, such, yeah. right? There um, might be guards and people down there. It, it was pretty obliterated just a few hours ago when we were there, right? Yeah, that's true. So, uh, did we see, and when we were there, did we see any place that might uh, be able to, the boat might be able to pull in and we could get on a, a dock of some sort and, and get on? Most of it was in wreck, but yes, there are there are, are many uh, docks down at the port that are usually used by quite heavy traffic into and out of the island uh, with supplies and stuff. So yeah, there's definitely like at least one usable dock there for sure. Yeah, you won't have a problem like getting onto the ship from the dock. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, just telling me to sit the damn docks. Let's go. And I sort of keep on moving and. Trying to keep everybody, uh, well, I mean, I can't see anybody, so I'm I'm sort of moving stuff as I go along every once in a while to let people know where I'm at. <laughs> Kick a stone. <laughs> it's a strange thing to think about because uh, I can't I can't know that you're all within 30 feet of me, right? Because everybody's right. invisible. Yeah. So I'm trying to move things enough where you can see me. And what, um, Leland? Would protection from evil and good do anything? It's a spell. Where, like, if I touch Shaft or Falzerin, they're protected against certain types of creatures. Aberrations, Celestials, Elementals, Fae, Fiends, and Undead. Uh, yeah. You absolutely know that Revenants are Undead. And, um, you know that Erica is a Fae. Because it means that they can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by those creatures. And they get... Um, those creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls. But he could still be, they could still be tracked. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, yeah. I think that's a great thing to have in your back pocket in case this comes to combat with them. Dang it. Because Shaft and Falzerin are going to be targeted um, by Sardo, um, preferentially. And possibly also Erica as well. I mean, here's the thing. We gotta run or we gotta kill Sardo. And Erica. Well, we could just kill Sardo and he can't track you. Right. Right. I mean, sure, it's going to be difficult to take just one of them out. But uh, we have some ability to attack from a, from a distance. If we sort of lay it all on Sardo, maybe we can uh, at least take them out so they can't track us. What about that idea of an ambush? We They're not tracking yeah, Shikara or I. We must, we must whatever yeah, we're doing. Yeah, come on, keep going. We must hurry. The invisibility is wearing off. I think that I think that Sardo is going to invalidate any of our ability to to lay a sneak attack on them. He knows where we are at all times. So it's either kill Sardo or get Grimby. Let's let's see if Grimby can pick us up. That would, I think that's our best bet. All right, let's keep moving in the meantime. Yeah. So we're gonna try to work our way down the the hillside as best we can to be able to, well, you know, actually I think we'll stay on, on the, in the rough terrain because everybody can still move pretty quickly through there, rather than go down to the and road. they can't. 
Right. So as we move then, I send a spell of sending to Grimby. And it has to be 25 words or less. And I say... As uh, <laughs> I say, kind of like when the Amber Alert scares the crap out of you on your phone. <laughs> like I say, like, all caps as loud as possible. Grimby! 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 We need you! Come down to the docks now. We need to ride out so of here. We're, we're in like, trouble. We're like Harrison Ford running towards the plane. Start the plane! Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's just like trying to get his attention, I guess, because it's it's something they hear that maybe they don't know what's going on, but I want them to. He- I want him to hear the, like, fear in my sending. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, come down to the docks now. We need to ride out of here, please. Okay. And as you send this off, the invisibility does wear out. On me, Jess, or everyone Everybody. Else? No. Well, yes, you, Oof. but oh. shortly thereafter, the duration, the hour duration uh, is over. And a few seconds go by as there is a chance for Grimby to respond, and you get no response. Frick. I freaking <laughs> knew it. What a freaking waste of a third level spell slot. Now that's all in your head, right? Everything's all that's in my head. All in Mia's head. What'd he say? He didn't answer. Well, let's keep heading to the dock. Maybe, maybe he heard you and he just couldn't. Re- I don't know. I don't know how that works. What's the range on sending? There is no range. I am afraid, Grimby may not be able to help us. I, I believe he would respond. If he was in any condition, and and we cannot count on him. Oh, what a shame. Is there, is there any path that would make sense that we could use to circumvent, kind of go around this army and make our way back to Heracleon? No, you, you know that you need to go through at least part of the encampment. Okay, so we're completely blocked from the main entrance to Heracleon. I mean, um, I I don't want to tell you that you are blocked, but there is obstruction between you and the city. There's there's people we got to go through no matter which approach we take. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get across. Absolutely. So we're gonna fight this out. As you walk, as you're walking down through here, you you kind of hit this this. uh, It's a bit of a clearing, kind of at the top of, you know, where the where the peaks kind of meet, and suddenly. Teleporting in front of you is Sardo atop a cattle bleepus as he pops just about Sardo? 50 feet in front of you. Yeah, just just him. I chuck my hammer. So you'd like to immediately roll initiative without... Okay, let's roll initiative. <laughs> without what? <laughs> there was going to be an opportunity to talk, but it, not anymore. If I saw this Sardo guy that you guys have talked about, I would be chucking my hammer. That's fair enough. Can anyone else teleport? Jeez, since when did Concerto teleport? The only person in our party who can teleport is Dreg. That's that's way above Falsy's head. I know, so I'm just thinking, like, Sardo sold you fake caps of casting and crap, like... Well, who knows what, what he got access to as a revenue. It is a wee bit concerning that he can teleport. Yeah, but there's four of us and one of him right now. Five of us. Let's, I mean, for the time being. In my opinion, I believe. I believe. I will take initiatives. 13 for Shakara. My initiative is 12. 
So 14 for Falzerin. It's not great. Falzerin's ahead of me. <laughs> Shaft has an eight. Oh, wow. Just, Ooh. yeah. Falzerin's first in initiative. What? This is unheard of. What did Dreg get? Dreg got an 11. Dreg got a 27. Yes, yes, Falzerin's first. <laughs> 27, as if that's possible. Um, wow, that's nuts. I mean, if you're a sneaky, sneaky rogue and you rolled a 20. What did uh, General Sardos get? Falzerin, you are up. <laughs> oh, I hate this. Wow. It's the worst. It's the worst ever. Just go surrender yourself, and then we, we, the rest of us can get away. <laughs> I would I would say thematically, we just talked about how we take him out, and he can't try Yes, us. and as he pops in, his eyes are immediately drawn to both Falzern and Shaft. And again, the two of you see that flicker in his appearance, where to Shakara and Mia, he's this very athletic-looking build, long damp from the storm, blonde hair clad in this leather Oh, Fabio. Oh, he handsome. He handsome. On top of this stinking, groaning beast. Hey, Falsey, two words. Fire, ball. Is, is that two words? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him what to do. Um, yeah, so Falzer knows that this Revenant Sardo is here for one thing and one thing only. So it's, it's fighting time. He's going to cast Blink. <laughs> it's fighting time. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. Remember he's squishy. That he needs Falzer to protect himself. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's good. No, yeah. Falzerin's no good if he's dead, so I'm going to cast Blink. 17. All right, so Falzy goes poof, and he is. I'm s- sorry. As you have casting this, and now the effects of the Blink are about to take you to the ethereal plane, you see Sardo wave his arms around and cast a counter spell. What level is Blink? Blink is a third level spell. Okay, so counter spell, since Blink is third, Blink takes no effect. If it were higher, Sardo would have to make a intelligence saving throw to successfully counter it. Since when is Sardo a wizard? Hmm. That is what I would like to know. He was a scam artist. So dispel and dispel magic has no use case in this situation. No, no. So he uses his reaction to cast the counter spell right. as you were casting yours, basically. So sorry, I, I I didn't describe the timing properly. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, but I would need counter spell to counter spell. To his counter, counter his counter spell, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's dispel right. magic is, has, <laughs> doesn't work here. No. All righty then. You can still move. Would I know that Counterspell is something that can only be used once per, like, or can he use it multiple times? It just takes a spell slot. No, uh, that's a good question, because it takes his... Reaction? Like, his reaction, which is once per... I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of weird for your characters to be like, "Mm, I don't think he can, but yes. Like, you you as a player know, so it's whatever, right? It is whatever. So yeah, you know, he he just uses reaction. Same as if someone takes a swipe, as if you move away from this, consuming their reaction. So any subsequent move move away, there's no attack of opportunity, so. Would we even know that that's what happened? Because, I mean, either one of them could have been casting anything. I'm just going to say, yes, you you know he's cast this counter spell, but I'll just make it, not going to make him roll any arcana checks or anything like that. You all use magic. Yes, you know he has countered Bill's blink spell. As you've seen 
Bill cast Blink before too. So, so I, I we saw Bill trying to cast Blink. We saw nothing happen, and we saw Sardo doing something. So we can make the assumption that he stopped the spell. He's count. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I'm currently standing um, side by side with Shaft, and then the rest of the party is standing behind me. I'm gonna take a step back um, to my left, so I'm standing beside Dreg, who's beside Shakara and Mia. And I'm going to leave old Shafty Boy out in the front there. <laughs> Hence my name. Let's take a quick five feet back. <laughs> Shakara, you're up. Uh, I am going to run. Blave. Wait. Wrong one. My full move 30 feet up towards Sardo. I think I will try and huck a javelin at him. Yes, Queen. That's a nine. <laughs> that sails wide over Sardo's shoulder. I'm not used to using them. I really need to practice these things some more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been carrying them around this whole time and just <laughs> well, Mia, sticks. you're up. Mia runs so that she's within 30 feet of Sardo. And after the javelin, this is like a track and field competition. She like <laughs> shot put style, like spins in circles a few times and then hucks her hammer at Sardo. Yeah, I want to be within 30 feet. There we go. I'm within Shikara's aura. You have such a beautiful aura. Ooh. That is a 27 to hit. <laughs> yeah. And 22 damage. Ooh. And you call your hammer back to your hand? And I call my hammer back to my hand. Very good like hit. Boomerang. Dreg is next. And he... I mean, I guess you, you're you all talking about taking this guy down. So he's going to... Really, the only real offensive ability he has is just to throw a magic missile at Sardo. Tried, tested, and true. Not that bad. 11 force. It's three darts stab into Sardo's body. And he'll stay back there with Falzern as well. Shaft. Okay, I'm going to sort of just slide down, get on one knee, see if there's anything I can sort of grab onto and sort of hide behind. And then I'm going to put out my fist and ring of the ram. He's within 60 feet. I'm going to see if I can knock him clean off that, that thing. Yes. That is an 18 to hit. That's a hit. Okay, that's 2d10 damage. That is 10 points of damage. Does he get pushed back? Because my hit could also push him back, Leland. I didn't say that. Uh, I'm just being thematic. Okay, well, uh, you didn't say it, so keep that in mind for future turns. All right. It says on a hit, each of you, uh, you can, uh, for each charge you spend, takes 2d10 damage, force damage, and is pushed five feet away from you is what the Ring of the Ram There you go. Does, so you so. push him right off of his mount, subsequently giving him a bit of cover behind this catablepus. <laughs> it is a, as this large creature occupies this 10 by 10 foot square. And he, he's next. You see him move around, kind of back into sight. And he, he regards Mia and Shakara kind of looking past you to, to Shaft. Hello, old friend. I just hold my hand up. <laughs> Hi. He begins to cast. Shit. No. 
as he casts Phantasmal Killer upon Shaft. Mm. That doesn't sound good. Could you make a wisdom saving throw, please? I will. That is a 15. That is a fail. You kind of feel almost like uh, like uh, as if someone's hand is kind of probing over your brain. Now, what would you say that Shaft is... Like, what would be in Shaft's nightmares? Let's see. Let me think about that. And, uh, uh, like, uh, equating to, like, Shaft's deepest fear. Oof. Wow. We're getting real up getting in here. Deep. I'm going to go with something that that I'll be able to remember easily. I'm going to say it's... Uh, he has a fear of... Uh, snakes. <laughs> okay. That, okay. How does that make sense? Shaft, come on, you got deeper fears than that. No, I, I think being, uh, okay, well, let me think of that then. Being tied up, being in an clo- enclosed space. No, no, that's all happened. Being betrayed <laughs> by the ones you love and protect. Being alone. Why does it always have to be snakes? <laughs> well, I I did that because John hates snakes. Not snakes uh, are, are totally fine. It's not necessary for the function. I was just trying to give you <laughs> the chance to add some flavor. So we can go with snakes. Snakes is totally fine. Yeah, it's. I, I don't want to get psychological because it. Yeah, this let's just go with I hate snakes. Well, in <laughs> in, in at your feet, like this ten foot radius, suddenly this these squirming, entwining snakes around your ankles appear below you as they begin to crawl up your leg. This is only visible to you, Shaft. Okay. Uh, so you are frightened for the duration of the spell, which is one minute, which means you have disadvantage on attacks and checks when the source of your fear is in sight, which is, in this case, the uh, pile of snakes. You can't willingly move closer to the source of your fear. I do have a racial trait called Brave, which says I have advantage on being frightened. So I, I lost that already. No, in that the... case, then you would have adv- I would say you have advantage on this saving throw. So go ahead, roll me another d20 to uh, for for your extra die to take the higher result. So if you roll if you roll higher than a 15, then you're actually fine. All right, let's see. No. <laughs> so you are frightened. So you cannot move closer to this pile of snakes but it's like right on you so that's really not much of a problem okay. at the end of each of your turns before the spell ends you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 40 10 psychic damage whoa oh my god on a successful save the spell ends okay. can we tell that like something's happening to him you cannot see the snakes but you can clearly see the shafts across his face like he goes you know like white as a sheet i imagine in this torrential pour, probably uh, a, a way that you've never seen him before. Oof. As this is like affecting him on this, supposed to be this deep psychological level, right? Like Sardo has probed through Shaft's mind with this spell's effects to find what would affect him the most aggressively. And then Sardo moves back behind the Catobleepus to take cover. And his mount gets to act as all it does is it looks at Mia. Come at me, bro. Can you make a constitution saving throw, please? And yes, you are in Shakara's aura. Ooh, I rolled an eight. That's four. And what does her, okay, so that's 12. Ah! That is a fail. Oh, no! Rick. 
Who knew stinky bleepuses could do stuff? Frig. It farted. Its stench is just overwhelming you. So you oh. see, no, you see it's, it's as its head and if its gaze focuses on you from its eyes, this blast of energy radiates at you and hits you square in the chest. Oh my. Well, you know what, though? It's not that bad. You take 34 necrotic damage, but you are resistant to necrotic damage. Yes, I was about to say. So you take cool. 17 necrotic damage. That's so much. Holy shnikes. You guys are lucky it hit me. Crap. Cattle bleepus, eh? To the top of the initiative. Oh, no. Off to your right, about 40 feet away through uh, kind of this, this almost 10-foot passageway between no. some of these rocks jutting up. You see Erica astride her own catablepus. And uh, her, her crystal arm, is, since you've seen her uh, charge into her tent, has since disappeared. But she strides up uh, atop her mount and she looks at you and she shouts over to Sardo, pointing to Shaft. Leave this one alive. And to Mia, Krilakita will want this one. And the harness, so in the middle of it, it kind of meets her chest in the middle is what looks like, again, kind of this, this crystalline, like almost like a pendant, but on this leather strapping. That she go with her right arm, her only arm, activates it. And from her, her stump shoulder, you see out of the harness, the, the crystal... It's like, you know, like uh, like one of those circular shutters that from the outside in kind of twists and closes, if you can picture that, you know what I mean? Like, so that kind of happens with the crystal across her stump very quickly, just quick shut. And from it grows this seven foot crystalline arm. That unfortunately does take an action for her to do. Oh, shucks. Her own mount gets to act. Y'all, let's kill this chick. Uh, I'm I'm thinking we might need to run and run fast. No, let's kill her. You want to put a sword through her? Falsey's yeah, Falsey's almost useless at this point. Oh my god. He's he's about to become a very weak NPC human. Her catablepus approaches into this clearing getting with about 10 feet of Mia. And it, too, looks past her, though, to Shakara. And Shakara, could you make a constitution saving throw, please, as its eyes begin to glow, similar to Sardos's Catablepus, and blast you with a death ray? 22. You are quite yes! okay. You do pass. Yeah, you will take half is. damage, though. Half damage on 8d8 necrotic damage. Mmm! Uh, again, 34 necrotic, but half would be 17, because you save. Crap, man. That hurt. Yeah. Behind Erica ride up the four hooded figures. They come up in, in the same path that she had taken uh, behind her, and you see them kind of hurl in and survey what's happening here, and each of them pulls back a hood to reveal twisted, deformed versions of the four of you. Each one of them pulls out a piece of parchment. They look at it, crumple it up, discard it as one for each of you looks at you and as they are staring at you, their own forms 
become an exact replica of the party. And Erica, a quick nod to them after their transformation is complete, and they take off away from the clearing. Falzerin, you're up. You bastard. <laughs> I know exactly what you're doing. So Falzerin sees this stark change in Shaft's demeanor, and I think he's going to use Dispel Magic. Okay. Could you read that for me? Basically, if it's a third level, it's, if it's above a third level spell, I have to make a check. Who has tattoos? I do, but it's going to take my action to use it, and I think it's better to use Dispel Magic on Shaft. Yeah, yeah I'm just asking who I've got the tattoos. wasps. I was considering I using that. So Phantasmal Killer is a fourth level spell. Okay. Choose any creature, object, or magical effect within range. Any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. For a spell of fourth level or higher, make an ability check using your spellcasting ability. DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. On a successful check, the spell ends. So 14 is the DC. Yep. I'll let you use your arcana for the check if you are proficient. So then it's 17. Then you successfully meet, which you would have regardless if you hadn't even used arcana, right? You only needed a 14. So you would have been fine regardless. But yes, Shaft, these snakes disappear and you are no longer overcome with fear. Awesome. Nicely done, Falzern. So I would like to yell, guys, I think we're outmatched here. We need to consider perhaps trying to run from this one, I think. Yeah, that's what we tried to do. But now it's the only option is kill him or surrender. Drake yells out, Friends, please, gather around me, quickly. And Shakara, you're up. I will say, yes, Falzerin, Shaft, get out of here. And I will, since Drag yelled out, I will run over towards them, and I will try and huck my last javelin. I gotta go for Erica. Yeah, girl. I was gonna say Sardo, though. He knows. That is a 16 plus 6, which is 22. Definitely a hit. Eight points of damage. Okay, nicely done. Mia, you're up. I would like to also retreat to drag and be like, Ah, this is ridiculous! And I cast Call Lightning, channeling Thor's divinity. And so... I'm aiming this over Sardo, and he takes 5d10 maxed out since it's stormy conditions. So 50 points if he fails. It's a dex save of 16. He definitely fails. So he takes 50 damage. It's lightning damage. And you see, you know, the your added clouds form above you as you manipulate the storm that's already raging, and it's bolt of lightning blast down behind the Catablepus into Sardo with its full effect. So the storm stays above him though, for right now. Well, the storm has a 100 foot radius, does it not? It's huge. It's above all of you. It's a... Uh, 60 foot radius. I think it's maybe. only... 60 foot, yeah. 60 foot. But yeah, 120 feet. Yeah, it's pretty big. Nice job. Dreg is up next. Now that you've all... You're all within five feet of him. He begins waving his arms in the air to cast a globe of invulnerability 
and a mobile faintly shimmering barrier springs into existence in a 10-foot radius around Dreg and remains for the duration of the spell, which is up to one minute as long as he can concentrate on it. So you are all within now this shimmering see-through dome, and that takes a six-level spell slot, the only one he has. Any spell of fifth level or lower cast from outside the barrier can't affect creatures or objects within it, even if the spell is cast using a higher level spell slot. Such a spell can target creatures and objects within the barrier, but it has no effect on them. Similarly, the area within the barrier is excluded from the areas affected by such spells. And he could upcast it, which would just affect uh, the, the level of spells that it blocks, but he has put up this protective barrier, abjuring as he does best. Shaft, you're up. So I will note that that only prevents things going in to the globe. That was my question. Okay. Dang. Uh, I'm going to um, cast Hunter's Mark on Erica. That was my last spell slot for first level. And then I'm going to shoot the uh, Wood Elf Bow and try to hit her. Get it. Crit. Oh my goodness. All right. So nice. here we so go. So many crits. So I get, I get Hunter's Mark. So I get 26 and then whatever I roll. Another 11. So that would be 37 points of damage. And I get one additional attack. And that is a... That is a 20, but it's not a natural. That is an additional 11 points of damage. Two quick arrows. As you draw back on the first one, you see her raise up her crystal arm, trying to shield herself. But you find the areas through the crook of the bend in the crystal elbow, find the weak spots into her body with two arrows, dealing some significant damage. I assume you're fine inside the globe. (laughs) I'm staying there. (laughs) I'm not moving anywhere. Can we see this globe? It's kind of like this shimmering, this like this this shimmer around. You think of like uh, like the outside of a, of a bubble. And I, I would also think the rain's beating on it, right? And so we're dry uh, now. No, the rain. It's not like Lehman Sinai. The rain falls through. It just affects spells. Oh. The rain. The rain oh, does okay. is still hitting you. Hmm. So you're not invulnerable to getting wet. <laughs> Sardo. Now seeing you clustered up approaches again as he moves his full movement forward you see like he's you know charred from this lightning strike he's a little wobbly on his feet he looks at erica as despite the damage he's taken he has kind of this frown on his face that's not the deal we made he's mine they are mine as he points to shaft and falzern and he looks at you shaft his eyes take on this sparkle, and it is actually not a spell he's casting. It's kind of a revenant ability, so it does make it through the globe. But can you make a wisdom saving throw, please? Damn, I hate wisdom. Well, you are within Shakara's aura. Okay, so I get, what is that, a plus four? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that would be a six, oh. but I'm, I'm going to use one of my luck points, which I forgot about prior. So I get to re-roll. That is on attack rolls and ability checks. I do have an inspiration. I might use that too. But I'm going to use one of my lucky feats. That's better. That's a 23. Yeah. I hope that's good enough. <laughs> As do I. He's looking. 
He's looking. Yeah, it's too high. <laughs> it's too high. <laughs> you you are fine. You you across your body like your your muscles stiffen and tighten as this wave of paralysis passes over you and, and you're able to fight it off and negate it. Awesome. Uh, so Sardo's mount now. It just saddles up next to him, and uh, I will try to roll to recharge his death ray. Uh, that's all that does. And now, from the same path in which the the four hooded figures had left and Erica entered, comes Chucky astride his own Catoblipus. He comes striding into this clearing, seeing kind of again, catching up finally, taking in what's happening. He looks right at you, Shaft. Ah, glad I found you again, there, Shaft. Yeah, help me out here so I can pay you. You you owe me more than that gold. And you see Erica, she, her eyes meet Sardo's as, again as she kind of turns her gaze towards Chucky. You leave him. He stays alive. We need a new vessel. And that's our... Ah, uh, whatever. Hey, incorrigibles. Incorrigibleites. Definitely not Lelanders. Thanks for listening. We all super appreciate you following along with our adventure. If you could take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, that would be great. We'd love your feedback, and it really helps our show grow. And if you like us, recommend us to a friend. If you hate us, recommend us to a friend, or share us on social media. Leland's got so much more up his sleeves, and it's a totally original homebrew. We would love to have more friends following along. We'd love to interact with you guys on Twitter at Par. On Instagram and Facebook, we're at Incorrigible Party. All our socials can be found on IncorrigibleParty.com. And on our site, you can get merchandise, character info, world lore, etc. This podcast was sponsored by Critical Hit Design at CriticalHitDesign.com. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for allowing us to use any ambient sounds or music during our show. Intro and outro by Josh Jarvis. Contact him at JamesMercyMusic at gmail.com for inquiries. Catch you next time!